Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past, headlining some of the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring Dean Martin, Bob Hope, Fibber McGee and Molly, comedians Bob and Ray, and Johnny Carson. Now, here's Dean Martin. Everybody wants my body. Just a little bit south of North Carolina, that's where I long to be. In a little brown shack in South Carolina, someone waits for me. In each letter she says, the weather's fine, the folks are feeling great. That the garden looks green and the red rose vines clinging to the gate. Why, just a little bit south of North Carolina, that's where my thoughts all stay. To the one I love best in South Carolina, I'm going back someday. I can hardly wait to see the face of the one I idolize. Just a little bit south North Carolina, I'll find paradise. What more can I say than here's the master of them all, a comedian who's been around so long he actually entertained the troops at Valley Forge, and I've got the recording to prove it. <laughs> Here he is, Bob Hope. Hey, this is Bob coming to you from Valley Forge Hope. <laughs> Last night, I got down to 10 degrees below zero, making this the world's first Cold War. <laughs> you know, Valley Forge is so cold, last night I ordered a beer and the head on it was wearing earmuffs. <laughs> and I had breakfast with Benedict Arnold this morning. He said, what do you want, Bob? I said, eggs, Benedict. <laughs> Unfortunately, we ate in the enlisted men's mess. Do you guys ever have eggs on the shingle? <laughs> You guys should have been with me last night. I stayed at a flea bag hotel in Boston. Never closed my eyes. All night long, some nut was running around yelling, the British are coming, the British are coming. <laughs> How we ever got that horse up on the seventh floor, I'll never know. <laughs> if that wasn't enough to keep me awake, some guy across the street was waving a lantern looking for girls all night. 
And he was willing to pay them car fare. But not much. Only one if by land and two if by sea. Yes, Paul Revere, the Midnight Cowboy of 1775. Hey, and let's not forget those brave guys up in Lexington and Concord. The Minutemen, ready to fight in a minute. Well, you're looking at a half a minute man. That's right. When you got an act like mine, you better be ready to fight in half the time. <laughs> Let's remember why we're fighting this war, men. To get back home to our girlfriends. Remember that. You remember what girlfriends are? Those soft, sweet, tender, caressable young things our wives were right up until the wedding? <laughs> And it's no use trying to smuggle girls into camp. Last night, Corporal Stuyvesant threw a fishnet over a topless waitress and tried to bring her in as live bait. <laughs> but the general saw through that. Yeah. Yeah, her net didn't quite cover her gross. And I want to tell you, the sergeant knows one of you guys got a girl in camp. He even knows which tent she's in. It's the one with no snow around it every morning. <laughs> Get a load of old Ben Franklin. He gets a hot key in his hand and he's hailed as a genius. <laughs> I get a hot key in my hand, the house detective throws me out. <laughs> I want to tell you, my ancestors came over in the Mayflower yesterday. It was my granddaddy who first stepped ashore on Chrysler Rock. <laughs> That's Plymouth Rock! You take care of your sponsor, I'll take care of mine. <laughs> and you remember Bunker Hill? That was the first time our troops ever fought in such cold. Ten degrees below zero. One poor corporal pulled guard duty, shot a redcoat five times, only to find out it was our lieutenant with a chap chest. <laughs> hey, and I want to ask you, doesn't Washington ever go home anymore? Every place I go, all I see are signs... George Washington slept here. <laughs> Even last night at that flea bag hotel in Boston, George Washington slept here. How we ever got that horse up on the seventh floor? I don't know. <laughs> oh, thanks for the memories. I really shed a tear when I think of Paul Revere. He rode all night to save our plight, but just think of his rear. <laughs> Thank you all so much. Good night, everybody. And now for all the listeners who have requested them, here's the most popular radio team of all, Fibber McGee and Molly. Hey, Molly. Molly, where are you? Hey, Molly, where are you? Hey, Molly. Here I am, dearie. You oh. can stop shouting. Somebody chasing you or something? Are the police... No, 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 no. Look, we're going to be rich. I got the idea of a lifetime. All right, all right. Take off your coat and hat and tell me about it. Well, my gosh, kiddo, aren't you excited? You don't want to be rich? Don't you want to know my plans? Of course I do, McGee. I always like to know how you're going to make us rich. Well... You've had thousands of ideas like that, and I've been interested in every one of them. Well, this one is it, Snooky. This is foolproof. This is airtight, and it's legal. See this can of soup? Yes. What kind is it? Mock turtle. I got it down... Why didn't you get tomato? I don't care for mock turtle soup. The kind of soup it is ain't important. I bought this can of soup because... But as long as you were buying soup, you might at least have got the same kind with the, the kind we liked, you know. My goodness, you don't But I it. tell you, that's why I bought it, because neither of us like it. <laughs> Let me feel your forehead, dearie. You're running a little fever. No, 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 I'm not. I'm as cute as a cool cum. I mean, as, 
Listen, this is a new soup, see? McBender's Mock Turtle Soup. And here's what they advertise. Now, get this. They say, if you don't like this soup, return it to your dealer and get double your money back. <laughs> yes, but you won't know if you like it till you eat it, and if you eat it, how can you return it? We can taste it, can't we? <laughs> and we won't like it, will we? So we return it, don't we? So we get twice our money back, aren't we? Yes, but dearie, you Look, can't... I paid 32 cents for this soup. Double my money is 64. I take the 64 and buy two cans of soup. I take them back and get $1.28. Then I buy four cans of soup. I return them $2.56. You catch on? Why, I never heard of such a thing. <laughs> I got it all figured out, baby. I figured out that by doubling my money every time, at the end of two weeks, I'll have 3400000 bucks. But darling, the company that makes the soup, why, you'll put them out of business. That's their tough luck. They should have thought of that. <laughs> there, business is business. As the fox terrier says when he ran out with a frankfurter, it's dog eat dog. <laughs> yes, but three million dollars... Three million, that's just the beginning. With some sound investments, I can run that up into 20 million. We'll buy a yacht. I'll own a few railroads. We'll have homes all over the country. No more balcony seats at the movies. I'll buy out Daryl Zanuck. Where does Clark Gable work? Metro Golden Mayor. Well, then forget Mr. Zanuck. Buy Louis B. Mayer. Okay. Okay, anything you want. After all, three million bucks in two weeks ain't chopped chives. And at the end of the year, just... Now, if this is the Treasury Department, what'll I say? Tell him I don't deal with underlings. Tell him to have the Secretary of the Treasury make an appointment. I can spare him 15 minutes a week from Wednesday. Yes, sir. Very well, sir. Come in. Oh, it's the Mayor, McGee. Hello, Your Honor. Hello, Molly. Good day, McGee. Uh, oh, hi, Latrib, old man. Sorry if I seem absent-minded. I'm just thinking about buying the Empire State Building. If we move to New York, I'll want some place to keep my automobiles. <laughs> what was that again, McGee? Well, he's got a new scheme to get rich, Mr. Mayor. See this can of soup, Latrib? That's the foundation of my fortune. Really? Mm -hmm. You pretend to find a rusty nail in it and sue the company, I suppose. No, no. Oh, nothing as crude as that, Mr. Mayor. Uh, no. He gets double his money back if he doesn't like it. Then he buys two more cans of soup, returns them, and collects twice the amount, and so on. Yes, sir, and so on. Ad infinitum. It's foolproof, Latrivia, and it's legal. Hey, you got any idea of how to invest a few million bucks? Yes, yes, I have. You see, my uncle, who was a miner in Colorado, had a fortune of a half a million. Imagine that. To... Who took care of it for him, Your Honor? What do you mean, who took care of it for him? He handled it himself. Handled half a million bucks? A miner? Well, all I can say is that Colorado must have some awful loose laws. <laughs> Letting a young kid like that have all that dough. Why, when I was a kid that My age... uncle was not a kid. He was a middle-aged man. You said he was a miner. He was a miner. He had a gold mine. Oh, he didn't have a gold mine, Si. He was a gold mine. <laughs> Any youngster with half a million bucks to throw around... I he? tell you, he was not a milliner. Huh? A mineral. Huh? He was a muddle-aged, a gold-digging... My uncle was 55 years old. Is that clear? No, it isn't, frankly. If he was 55 and still considered a minor, yeah. why... <laughs> Maybe he falsified his age. Sure. Maybe he just looked young. Some men are so... Please! Ooh. All I said was that my uncle... Uh, the speech I was manning about... <laughs> the half a million that my mickle had was... He was perfectly collapsible, uh, capable of golding his own mines, finding his own gold. Did you... I was... Did you... Was used. I... Did you... Did, <laughs> McGee? <laughs> yes? 
I lied. Mm -hmm. I never had an uncle. <laughs> and if I did, he never had a dime. Now then, can we drop the whole thing? Certainly. What are you doing, McGee? Opening this can of soup. Got to taste it before I take it back. Oh, I see. Gimp it, The deal's off. What? What's the matter, dear? You're pale. What happened? I tasted the soup. Well, if it's that bad, you can return it with a clear conscience, can't you? That's just it. It ain't bad. It's good. I like it. It's delicious. Ain't that just my luck? Here I get a million-dollar idea, foolproof and legal, and the dad radish soup is delicious. Any evening here in the United States at 11.30, millions of people tune into NBC for the most popular late-night show of them all, The Tonight Show, starring Johnny Carson. From New York, The Tonight Show, starring Johnny Carson. And now, here's Johnny. Comedians Bob and Ray appeared on The Tonight Show one evening, and they did this parody of a late-night talk show. Here's Bob and Ray. And now, here's Larry. Thank you very much, and I have a real joy to introduce to you as a guest He's a world traveler, author, lecturer, adventurer, uh, raconteur. We know him by his dapper little trademark, a pencil-thin mustache. Would you all welcome, please, Martin Lasseur. Martin? Could you tell us uh, first uh, how that happened, uh, Martin? My uh, dapper little trademark, uh -huh. you mean? Well, I, uh, I just wasn't thinking while shaving this morning, and uh, half my trademark went on the floor. I might mention that uh, Martin very generously has agreed to going through this performance, but he's canceled all others until it grows back. I'm uh, grateful. I checked with my doctor this morning, and he says it will grow in in about three or four weeks. Good. That's good to hear. Now, Martin, what we uh, <laughs> what we want to get to right away are some of those stories that uh, you tell as only you can. Those stories that have the the Martin Lasseur trademark to them. Could we have one right away? Uh, yes, uh, Larry. Well, as you know, I started in this business as a cub reporter mm -hmm. on the old St. Paul Ledger Dispatch, right. Eagle Tribune, Courier Citizen. Beacon Journal, Plain Dealer, Deseret News, and Daily Item. That was a famous merger, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I remember reading about it when I was at Yale. Yes. Go ahead. Well, uh, <clears throat> I was in the city room there one day, and I heard the phone ring, and I heard the editor talking to somebody. It seems that uh, there was a man hanging from the 15th floor of the Vaseline building. Oh, my God. <laughs> over at uh, 16th and Walnut. Right. So I said to the editor, uh, could I go over and cover that story? This would be a big break for you in the newspaper game, huh? Oh, I don't know. 
So, uh, he says, go on over there. He says, take public transportation. What was that? Trolley car. Trolley car. So I get over there about 15 minutes later, see? And, uh... He's hanging there. Still hanging Oh, yeah, there. and uh, there's a crowd of people, and the policemen are there, and firemen with nets and everything. And I said, well, now, has anybody tried to humor this fella? You know, tell him a few jokes, maybe, and to get his mind off his troubles and to talk him in. Yeah, well, they, they do that at times like that. I've, I've heard. Yeah, right. So uh, <laughs> they said, no. I said, well, would you mind if I tried? They said, no, go ahead. Were you known as uh, having a great sense of humor? Mm, not uh, particularly, no. <laughs> So I go into the building, there's no elevator. Oh, boy, you had to climb 15 floors? Right, I get up there, and there's a policeman standing outside the door that leads into the room to the window where he is. And I said, I've been authorized to go in there. So he said, go ahead. So, uh... <laughs> so I march across the room, see, and I go over to the window, and I said, uh, I said to him, I said, uh... I said to him, uh... What, what did you say to him? What did I say to him? I said to him, uh... What did I say to him? Well, Martin, uh... Maybe that'll come back to you a little bit later on. I remember when you were here on my show last, you, you told us a story about an experience you had with the fishermen off the Grand Banks. Could we have that one? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I was, uh... <laughs> I was doing a 1,500-word piece uh, for a magazine on fishing in the North Atlantic. Boy, that's a rough, cold, rigorous, tough life, isn't it, fishing off the Grand Banks? Well, it's not for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're up there in uh, November, see? And we're on a fishing smack, the Rita B. And uh, I'm sitting there and they're pulling in all this mackerel and cod and halibut and haddock and everything. And uh, I look over here to the starboard and I see this submarine surface with a foreign insignia on it, see? Well, is this wartime? No, no, no. <laughs> so I see this thing happen, see? And I turn to the captain. I said, Captain, I said, uh, Captain? <laughs> 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 we do have to move along. I wonder... <laughs> I hate to hurry up. Do you have one story you know the ending to? I wrote it down so I wouldn't Great. It. it. goes like this. Well, that's all right, but this is Tuesday. This is Tuesday. That's a great ending. Now, what is, what is the story that leads up to that finish? <clears throat> Martin, I hope uh, next time you come by the show, your memory and your mustache will 
both be improved. Thank you very much. Martin LaSeur, ladies and gentlemen. And if Bob and Ray isn't enough, Johnny Carson, orchestra conductor Doc Severinsen, and announcer Ed McMahon made up like old men one evening and did this spoof of their own show. Here's The Tonight Show 29 years from now, in the year 2000. And now, here's Johnny. Thank you. I haven't heard reaction since Tiny Tim ordered a oyster on his honeymoon night. It's <laughs> a great thrill doing my 7,400 monologue. First, I'd like to thank the young girl who came to my dressing room before the show and presented me with a bouquet of a dozen American beauty prunes. <laughs> We had a cold snap last night. How, how cold was? What? I said, how cold was it? How cold was what? And now we got we're mixed up. See, you said. We had a cold snap, and I said, how cold was it? And then you're supposed... Johnny? Johnny? Well, my Ned, look at Doc. As you can hear that, I'll put the last rain mutants hippie. Well, I'm wearing this special, because after the show, I've been invited to a surprise mugging. Well, I don't know about that, but you look like you've been invited to a surprise mugging. I just said that. I knew I heard that somewhere. Johnny, let's face it. They ought to retire you. You're just too old, don't Ain't that right, Eddie? Huh? I said he was too old. Yeah. Oh. How, how old was he? He was so old that they took the fig leaf off the statue of Atlas downstairs and replaced it with a hot pepper. <laughs> well, we got some wonderful guests tonight, so stay tuned and see if we make it through an hour and a half. up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you to join me next week for more shows and personalities from Radio's Golden Days. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.